0: Back to the Frontier Freedom Hour with Jeff Hunt, sponsored by Centennial Institute at Colorado Christian University. Here's Jeff Hunt.
1: Friends, I want to wish you a very happy Easter weekend on this very special edition of the Frontier Freedom Hour. This conversation is going to go to the very end, so I want to start with my thank yous. Thank you to Michael Geronimo Arpaio, always a gift to be able to work with him. Happy Easter, my brother and my sister. Jamie Urker, communications director of the Centennial Institute. Thank you. Happy Easter to you as well. All right, Dr. David Cotter, the dean of the School of Theology and professor of New Testament studies at Colorado Christian University. So, Dean Cotter, let's talk about the resurrection. Jesus suffered a horrible death. Couldn't it just stop with that. Mm-hmm. He could have just gone up to heaven at that point, but. No, there's a a really critical
0: importance to the resurrection.
1: Take it away, sir.
0: So we just talked about the crucifixion, and that is a historical event. If you look at uh, Flavius Josephus and his Jewish wars, he's going to mention that. If you read Tacitus, a Roman historian, they're all going to agree that Jesus Christ was crucified. And theologically, we're saying, of course, he died just like all of us. We've sinned, therefore the wages of sin is death. And at that point, as he's dead, there's no proof that anything he said is true. The proof comes that he's predicted his resurrection, that he is without sin, therefore death has no hold on him. Mm. And if death has no hold on him, then in our forgiveness through the cross, death has no hold on us. And yeah, my my mother passed away less than a year ago, mm. and so this is personal to me. This is Will I ever see her again? She was a godly, believing woman in her 80s, and if I'm just—if Jesus Christ is not resurrected from the dead, then all of this is just what I think is clever and interesting, not a historical event. But it's—it's personal. So let's
1: talk a little bit about Mary as well. She was there at the resurrection, right? Absolutely. And she's watched her son. Go through all of this. Correct. And then there was another Mary. Correct. There's, there's in fact, right. let's,
0: let's talk about Mary Magdalene. We, yeah. I was just in Magdala on the west side of the, the Sea of Galilee earlier this academic year. So, again, a, a historic time space place. And so in John chapter 20 in verse 1, he says, On the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark. And now this is huge. It did not sound like much, perhaps, but the Jewish day of rest and celebration was the seventh day of the week. We celebrate Easter on the first day of the week. Mm -hmm. So to change the day of celebration of an entire religion takes a very big event. And this verse is going to say, this is why Sunday is our day of celebration. On the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Now, even that covers so much. Mary, Friday afternoon, saw Jesus tortured to death. I don't think she slept very well that night. Mm -hmm. I think every time she closed her eyes, she couldn't take that image out of her mind. Mm -hmm. Luke records that he saw that she saw him buried, so she knew the place of the tomb. Saturday, I don't think she had a great day. That's the Sabbath. Can you imagine sitting around, not being able to do any work, and thinking the Romans are coming for you next? And then Saturday night. I don't think she slept much. Remember, Luke in the 11th chapter tells us that Jesus cast seven demons out of her. Now, Jesus also says the demons come back. And so her only protection from the life she used to have, she's seen crucified. And so it says, while it's still dark, she gets up. And so I'm confident she did not wait long after midnight before she started going to the tomb. Now, if you, if you go to Bethany on the far side of the Mount of Olives, you have to go down the Kidron Valley, up the Mount, of, uh, Mount, Mount Zion, around the Praetor, Praetorian Fortress to the west side of the ancient city. It's about five kilometers. Hmm. She's walking this in sandals in the dark. And I think this is a terrible five kilometers for her, knowing that she's going to see the tomb. She doesn't know how she's going to get the stone off, and she's expecting to find a three-day-old corpse that she dearly loves. So it says she saw the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Verse 2, she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple. That's John. Notice she's done 10K now. I think she did faster on the 5K back. And she told (laughs) Peter and John, they've taken my Lord out of the tomb. We don't know where they've laid him. She thinks he's dead. And then verse three, Peter went out with the other disciple and they ran toward the tomb. And it doesn't say here in my biblical text, but I can imagine Mary is running after them saying, you jerks, wait for me. She's got five kilometers to go back, right? Three miles to go back to the tomb. And then it says, when the two disciples, Peter and John, got there, they stooped and looked in and he saw the linen cloths lying there. And Simon Peter came and he saw the linen cloths and the face cloth, which had been on Jesus' head, folded up in a place by itself. And this was the, a significant piece of evidence. These are eyewitness testimony. It's written in Greek. They said this was not a tomb robbery. The most valuable thing in this tomb was the spices and the linens, not the body of of a dead Palestinian. But what's still there is the valuable stuff, and it's folded up. I'm going to argue Jesus made the bed when he rose <laughs> from the dead— Death was defeated, the power of sin was broken, he was at such leisure, he could fold the face cloth up and set it aside. Because he knew he had won, yeah, he had triumphed at that point. So why is this good news? Yeah, well, it says right here in the text, the disciple, they went in and they didn't, they went in and he saw and he believed. So this is the proof. Not that Jesus' was, body was stolen, but that he was raised from the dead by the Father. This is the proof that the atonement worked, mm-hmm. that our sins were forgiven, that Jesus had never sinned, his sacrifice was acceptable to the Father. And it says the disciples went back to their homes here in John 20, and in fact, they left Mary standing there. <laughs> And verse 11. Sounds Mary's like a
1: bunch of dudes. Isn't it?
0: <laughs> Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. And as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting where the body had been, one at the head and one at the feet. And this is to remind us of the Ark of the Covenant, where the two angels are, are arched over the holy place, the place of atonement. Because in this tomb is where the ultimate atonement, forgiveness, took place. And they said to her, woman, why are you weeping? And Jamie has been here very quiet. But I, if I asked her, would you punch an angel in the throat if they asked you a question like that? I'm sure she would say yes. yes. <laughs> and, he says, and she said, they've taken my Lord away. I don't know where they've laid him. But it turns out Jesus comes up to her and he says, Mary. And she knows his voice. And she says, teacher. And then... He says go tell go tell your brothers this and she ran and notice that's her 15th to 20th kilometer of her run for the day she's 20k into the day i'm going to argue her fourth split time was the fastest and she found the disciples and it says here in the text i have seen the lord wow and that changed everything for her for the disciples And for us, for everybody who puts their trust in Jesus Christ, we've seen the Lord. Hmm.
1: I think uh, I've experienced this as I've gotten older. And you've watched your friends and family members suffer and die. Right? I just had a friend recently die of cancer, 45 years old, left a family of four behind. and, And there's so much pain in this world. I think when you're younger, you're kind of, you know, maybe protected from it a little bit, but as you get older, you become very aware. And you long in your heart for a time when this there will be no more of this, mm-hmm. right? And so this is kind of a picture of not just what Christ was able to achieve and uh, what God did, uh, but it's it's a picture of our future too, right? I'm not in perfect health. I'm sure a lot of people listening are not in perfect health as as well, but—
0: but there's a, there's there's a promise in this to us, right? Absolutely. This same Jesus, John, the the same apostle who was there at the tomb, writes in the Revelation in the twenty first chapter. He says, "Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He'll dwell with them. He'll wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more." Neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away. And this is the the word of God. So it's true. It's the Bible. But he goes on. He says, he was seated on the throne, said, I'm making all things new. Mm -hmm. Write this down for these words are trustworthy and true. And, in fact, I'm going to be reading this to uh, some Colorado Christian University students tonight. Uh, We have a talk on holy health. And I'm going to do a survey of perfect health from the garden where there is no (laughs) death to where there is death and pain and suffering that you described to the very end of this. And then my wife, the lovely Miss Rachel, is a nursing instructor at CCU. is going to talk about practical helps. But this is just You said, does this make a difference? Yeah, this is woven into the fabric of who we are as faculty at CCU, as students at CCU, because we believe these words are trustworthy and true.
1: All right, we've got about one minute left. What's your Easter Sunday
0: message to our listeners? There's a lot to celebrate this Easter, that through the death of Jesus Christ, forgiveness for our sins, not our brokenness, not our disorderliness, but our sinfulness for those who who admit and confess their sinfulness, trust in Jesus Christ, forgiveness is possible, and eternal life with him. And that's what we're going to be celebrating this this Sunday with the resurrection. It's a gift freely offered. And
1: if you do not have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, a personal relationship, so not just attending church, if church feels confusing to you, maybe you just go a few times a year, you feel like it's something important to do, but you don't just, it doesn't quite make sense. How does somebody have a personal relationship? Yeah. Last last 15 seconds here.
0: We, we pray and say, God, I believe you're real. I know I'm a sinner. Forgive me. I accept the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, and I look forward to life with you. That's
1: simple. My prayer was, dear God, I want to, party with you and not party without you. Yeah. And I was saved. (laughs) We'll take that. We'll take it. It counts. Friends, thank you. Happy Easter. You've been listening to the Frontier Freedom Hour.